0: In honor of this week's guest, BAT will be making a donation to the Indiana chapter of the ALS Association. We would encourage the BAT community to support this important cause and even a small amount can make a difference. Welcome back to another episode of the BAT Podcast. I'm Howard Swig, and I'm here today with a very special guest uh, and a good friend of mine, a major collector, a longtime supporter of Bring a Trailer, and one of the really great residents of the state of Indiana, Mr. Bill Osterley. Bill, how are you? I'm well, Howard. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm super happy that you uh, could make the time today. Um, Last time we saw each other uh, was when you were uh, super helpful in in helping us put together our partnership uh, with the Indy Motor Speedway Museum. I came uh, down to Indianapolis at the end of uh, 2019. You took me to the famed St. Elmo Steakhouse and we had a lovely dinner together. Um, Man, that seems like a long time ago.
1: It was, but I enjoyed that dinner very much.
0: Very good. Um, uh, many uh, people in the BAT community will will know you by uh, your username, Billo317, 317, of course, being the uh, area code for Indy. Um, Bill, I was shocked to see, uh, taking a look at your profile, that you have sold a whopping 164 cars with us, uh, and you still have a warehouse full of cars, I think.
1: Yeah, we're working, but yes. Um, I'm going to guess I bought uh, some astronomical number, too, but I haven't kept track.
0: Uh, well, I'll tell you, 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 you're going in the right direction. For someone who wants to pare down their collection, you're going in the right direction because you've sold 164 uh, and you've only bought 21. So right. Uh, all right. I bought some
1: before. you went and auction site So I think uh, I'd have to count those two.
0: Um, so tell me, Bill, t- tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you um, uh, started a little company called Angie's List, uh, which uh, in the mid nineties, which I'm sure folks will be familiar with. Um, you've obviously had a, a long time interest in, in a lot of different types of, of cars and motorcycles. Um, we'll post a link to your user profile, but uh, just the cars you've sold, uh, the vehicles you've sold and the variety is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. So tell us a little bit about kind of your background and um, how you got into all this car stuff.
1: Yeah, I've always loved cars since I was uh, a kid with no money. And so um, I've been collecting since I was about 18 um, and Angie's Jesus um, Angie and I built that from nothing, absolutely from zero. Uh, it was a marketplace business connecting homeowners and service people and so Uh, bring a trailer when I found that in 09 maybe. I was fascinated, it was a marketplace business. And I began to buy vehicles off of that, Um, the old uh, just listings.
0: Yeah, very good. And and I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like in kind of 2010 to 2013, you bought a lot of cars on eBay. And I remember exchanging some uh, emails with you about that. But um, it seems like you really accelerated your uh, uh, collection acquisition kind of in that time frame. Is, is that right, or has, has this been a, a decades long uh, pursuit? I
1: have certainly accelerated them, but I've been, I, at first I didn't have space. So I collected a lot of motorcycles, Uh, their chief advantage being that they're small. And then I acquired some space around 2010 and began to add a lot of cars.
0: I feel like at one point you had seven or eight MGA twin cams. Uh, I, I know, uh, you know, hey, if you like, if you like a car or a bike well, why, why stop yourself at owning just one of them? Um, I feel with you, there are a few examples where uh, you, you liked it so much that you decided to, to try your hand at cornering the market. Uh, the, the twin cam was one of those. Yeah, I do. Um, If I get interested
1: in a particular model, I'll start to acquire several examples. Um, uh, You know, parts, condition, story, all those things appeal to me. And every car has its own personality. So, um, I have very like that taste, but I will focus in occasionally. Uh,
0: you've also had a number of, uh, really neat vintage, uh, BMW motorcycles. Um, are you specifically into BMW for the bikes or, or tell us about that?
1: Uh, I've owned, I love, um, BMWs and Italian bikes, and particularly small displacement Italian bikes. And so um, I've had hundreds of um, different manufacturers. Also, like, early Japanese stuff, so a lot of that, too. But BMWs, as far as a classic bike is concerned, are unbeatable. The styling is good. Parts are available. They perform well over-engineered, so I ended up with a lot of them, and they're the ones I always wrote.
0: I mean, you've sold I mean, uh, multiple pins gowers in addition to, you know, more, uh, uh, you call it mainstream stuff. Um, uh, you also bought and sold a fantastic uh, convertible D356, um, so you, you really kind of span the gamut in terms of uh, uh, what all you got um, in, in terms of the bigger stuff in the collection, have, w- what have you had in the past uh, and, and w- what are you still holding on to?
1: Yeah, um, so I love um I love was uh, the classic open air, late 50s, uh, 50s was, and so, um, uh, British, German, Italian, um, the British horses have something unique to them. Um, that just, I don't know how to explain that. Um, they have a field that is unique and I love them. Um, But I love, I've had all of those, then um, I like trucks too, I have some farmland and I like a good truck, I like driving them, I like being in them, I like the utilitarian nature of them. And um, lastly, I like big American iron, you know, Uh, the giant convertibles of the 60s and late 50s. Um, I still have portions of a Austin here 100s Uh I have an all Seattle um, sports car and and a few of those things left.
0: But I mean you go you're even if you're into stuff, you have sold a Jowett Jupiter, you've sold some old 50s uh Crosleys. Uh, I think you sold a Kellison J five, uh, actually one of my favorite cars we've ever sold was your, uh, uh, was your Allard K three, maybe one you wish you, you had back. Um, yeah. so, so you, you've definitely veered into kind of the, the esoteric, uh, some esoteric corners with some of that stuff. I mean, I don't know how many guys have a, a Jowett Jupiter, an Allard K three and a Crosley Almquist.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. All of those cars have appealed to me because of their story, the, you know, the, the, um, the Jawa. What such a remarkable piece of engineering of an age when a great engineer could build a car. And that one, you know, there are a lot of similar. I like entrepreneurs in the industry. Um that mansoo I've sold to Ariel Adams, a modern car with that same design, ethic, and you know, uh, a principled car, uh, in my view.
0: Yeah, shifting gears a little bit, um, you know, you, you were uh, uh, a big part of, of us putting together the partnership we have with the Indy Motor Speedway Museum. Uh, I know you have a lot of pride for uh, for the state of Indiana and, and being an uh, Indianapolis local. Um, obviously, the, the Speedway has been uh, uh, near and dear to your heart uh, for a long time. Um, you sit currently on the board of directors of the museum with uh, with some pretty heavy hitters, uh, yourself, uh, Rob Dyson, Bobby Rayhall, Scott Borchetta, uh, and a number of others. Uh, uh, tell us about, uh, I think the community would love to hear about kind of your involvement with with the Speedway, with the museum, how you got started there and, and how that's going.
1: Yeah, I, I love that museum. I hope all your listeners will come out and see it. Um, it is unique in uh, motive museums. Uh, um, the Indy 500 is uh, epic drama and that museum represents that as well as any place on earth and what's great all those people you mentioned are there like me because they are so emotionally wrapped up and uh, that place and the stories and the drama of the whole thing i love that board as uh those guys are all in it, working hard. Um, they love it. I got involved because I saw Rob Dyson, uh, McLaren M16C, that Johnny Russell drove to second place in 1975. And we
0: became friends. Interesting. Is is that M16 a car that you uh that you got behind the wheel of I And mean, That that's a pretty serious machine.
1: Yeah, that one I didn't. I owned for a number of years an M16C that won the and I was fortunate enough to drive
0: that. Uh, you know, you had, um, as I said, been, was a big part of of cluing me in to the uh, to the de-accession, uh discussions that were going on. And and I, I know you went to the board and say and said, hey, you guys really ought to consider, you know, using Bring a Trailer as the as the sales channel for all this stuff. And uh, so I came down there in in December nineteen. Uh, just before just before the, all the, the the covid mess and um uh met with the, the foundation director and and uh you actually got me a great basement tour which was which was pretty exciting um how has that been going i mean I, the, the museum has sold uh, uh, 70 odd cars i think we have uh 30 or 40 to go um i've been i've been uh super proud that uh, they have Made the choice to give us some of the uh, bigger stuff. We sold the 300SL going, the the 770K Mercedes. Um, we've got a, a 86 March n 80, 500 car on there now. Um, I know they had amassed uh, something to the tune of, of 350 cars over the course of you know seven or eight decades. Uh, so naturally, you know th- th- that needs to be pared down. Um, you know, much like your collection, it it can't all the number can't always increase. Um, uh so how have those discussions gone or the deaccession process is that uh, uh still ongoing in terms of what cars are being selected to be sold or or, or what it is
1: um that selection was like the personal tastes of uh tony holman and so while the main focus was always in the race cars and Indiana made automobiles. He acquired some wild stuff. And um, some of that, like we have the 65 Ferrari 250, that won the uh, Le Mans, the last Ferrari. We won't sell that, but that gives you a sense of how very his tastes were. And uh, he'd have that and um, something like, he'd uh, have um, dragsters and uh, memo, you know, just all kinds of stuff we decided we're going to focus on the Indy cars and to do that we have to have the resource to maintain them we have 200 out of those we want them running, we want them at events, we want them, uh, I don't know, on display widely and without, look, some of these things never see the light of day. We're gonna sell those and put the money into the main collection and how our, um, our decision to use bring a trailer was a crushing success. I'm happy to talk about that, absolutely crushing success.
0: We, we've been thrilled with it, you know, just the quality and variety of cars that, that the museum is offering uh, uh, on BAT uh, seems to only get better by the month. Um, the, the car that Bill was referencing, of course, is, is the, the 250 LM uh, Le Mans winner that sits uh, right at the entrance of the museum uh, next to maybe the most significant car uh, they have, which is which is the uh, 300 SLR uh, Mercedes. Um, I mean, two of the, the great uh, 50s sports cars ever made that are that are sitting right uh, uh, in the lobby when you walk in. Um, as far as the, the you know y- y- you walked me through the the basement, uh, which uh, I don't know if that's something people can opt in do for a tour or, or that's kind of off limits. I, I was I felt very honored to be taken down there. Uh, you mentioned a lot of these cars never see the light of day. I mean, some of the stuff down there is is you know absolutely amazing artifacts of Indy 500 history going back to the 1930s or before. Um, h- how does the museum keep all that stuff running? I imagine, I mean, they, they have some, I know they have some in-house mechanics, but uh, that's, not a, that's not an easy task to uh, just have the uh, ability to wrench on such a uh, variety of, of pretty sophisticated cars that even in period required a, a pretty specialized team to keep going.
1: Yeah, fortunately we're a town full of talented mechanics. The you know, a hundred years of racing has built a capability here that I think is unparalleled. And so we only had, when you and I met, we have one guy, one poor guy. Uh, We now have four that are working on those cars, and we have outside um, contractors and suppliers. The community around those cars is so strong that if you want a magneto off of a 25 miller and about three phone calls, you find somebody that has one, and they'll drive it
0: down and help you put it on. Yeah, fascinating stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously the, um, the, the Penske acquisition of the Speedway got a lot of press, uh, which occurred a couple of years ago. Uh, interestingly, the, the, the museum and the uh, museum foundation uh, operate uh, somewhat autonomously, autonomously from the Speedway. Um, how has that Penske transition gone? Or Are, are you personally buddies with, uh, with Mr. Penske himself? I think people would, would love to uh, know more about that.
1: Yeah, um, well, oddly, I've gotten to know him well. Um, Right after I met with you in 19, our executive director resigned uh, to do something else. I stepped in as the interim, primarily because I live here, as my only qualification and the pandemic hit. Suddenly, I was meeting about once every two weeks with Roger because we were an open public facility on his ground so we're a 501c3 on and operated separately we are the coordinate all of our open closing protocols with him uh, he has wonderfully um committed to what the museum represents and so our relationship started with him giving me a four-hour tour of the track and showing me all his ideas and improvements um For me, I mean, I, I'm just some guy from Indianapolis, and you know, I've gone to the race as, as back there for four years. That was unbelievably special to
0: me. Well, that's an event I've never been to, and and uh, maybe if we keep doing a really good job for for the museum, uh, maybe some some Indy five hundred box seats will will come uh, me and Randy's way. I don't know, but uh, I imagine you've attended the the race many many times. Is is that one of the great uh, automotive spectacles uh, in the world that that I shouldn't miss?
1: You have to come to it. When you, I insist, Howard? This may your comment. Um, there have been there forty five of them. Um, when you walk out and into the grandstands with four hundred thousand people and you realize. There is no other facility on the earth that can bring that many people together. There is is a unique experience. There is nothing like it on the planet earth.
0: Well, uh, we announced, as you may have seen, and I hope if you're in town, Bill, and, and able, that, that you'll come join us. But we are doing uh, our first uh, BAT alumni gathering of 2022 uh, at the Indy Speedway on on Saturday, April 16th. Um, been working with uh, the folks there, and uh, you know, for us, it's uh, it's great to tie something uh, you know, tangible to the, uh, in in an event for our, that our community can attend to the, the deaccession sale we've been doing now for going on, uh, going on 18 months. Um, I'm super excited for that. I'm going to come out there. Um, you know, people think about Indianapolis and Indiana as being a very, uh, you know, American car centric place, uh, muscle cars and everything, uh, uh, Around that, but but there is a pretty great kind of uh, European sports car, Japanese sports car scene going on. Uh, tell us about kind of your experience with Indiana car culture and and everything it has to offer. Well, um, it would be incredibly
1: um, myopic to think that most people has brought the greatest car manufacturers in the world throughout its history in the town and you know uh, we've had f1 here we've had motor GP here. There's a heavy engineering presence in the state my alma mater Purdue University is one of the great engineering schools in the world. Um, And so, you know, Peugeot um, won the third 500 with whatever in 1913. Um, That history continues. BMW is building a test and experience facility at the track right now.
0: Yeah, very good. And and yeah, uh, uh, what F1 was there for a few years in what the mid 2000s, 04, 05, 06, and that was the, the big tire, uh, the big tire debacle that kind of uh, muddied the waters there. What do you remember about that?
1: What a mess! Um, Look, I I love F one, but their uh, um, abilities—they have a unique ability to do something like that at an event. Um, uh, That was just awful. you know, I dark all of person
0: do you think there would ever be a possibility that that formula 1 would return to uh, to indy or or i mean they've obviously been branching out in the us uh, with events in miami and and uh and cota uh do you think it, it would ever come to pass that they'd they'd return to uh in indianapolis i believe um
1: why has stated a couple of times, he wants to bring them back. Um, Given what I've seen from him, um, uh, I would say he's the guy to do it.
0: Yeah, well, time will tell. That that, that would be pretty neat. That would definitely be an event I'd come out for. Anyways, Bill, I, I know uh, you got stuff going on today, so we'll wrap it there, but I really, really appreciate uh, your time and uh, it's, it's great to see you. And with any luck, uh, I hope that uh, maybe our paths will cross when, uh, when we're out in Indy uh, in, in April in, in two months. I won't miss that event, I'll bring
1: out something good.
0: Fantastic, well, uh, uh, thanks again and, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Howard, for everything we to has done.